Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Nate, how was your holiday? It was fantastic. I saw four yeah. lizards that I wasn't even meant to see. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Were you, like, banned from seeing lizards? No, they were wild lizards. Uh, I often go on holiday to see lizards, but this time there were three bees. Uh, we'd gone to Dorset for, because uh, my daughter's birthday is the day before mine, so we, uh, we did happy birthday together, as she calls it, uh, on a UK's best double feature, at Monkey World and the Tank Museum. But because it was Dorset, <laughs> there were lots of warm rocks, so I saw a bunch of little lizards, uh, nice. and yeah, it was a thrill. Do you see a bunch <laughs> of little tanks? Yeah, little monkeys and all. Um, you, you know the, uh, the 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 law of monkeys is the smaller they are, the more they look like they'd definitely kill you if you were of equal size. <laughs> yeah, and your know, marmosets, like little 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 beanie baby satans. Love them. And welcome to this series to episode 27 now, definitely. I'm fairly sure that is the right number <laughs> for the episode of yeah. the Electronic Wireless Show. Rock, Paper, Shotguns, PC Gaming Podcast, and the only podcast you need. And uh, my name is Alice Bell, and I'm joined by James Archer. Hello, James. Hello. And uh, as you can hear, Nate Crowley is back as well, huh, Nate? Good day. Uh, you're still down as hamster barbarian in the uh, well, I mean, in it's the my, call. It's my job. Someone's but it works because we're 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 dipping our toe in the the well of discourse today to discuss some of the post Baldur's Gate three chat. Well, I think that's Baldur's Gate. Right. There you go. Uh, but we've also got <laughs> got a challenge to issue. Uh, <laughs> Times yes. journalist. Gosh, yes. <laughs> but we'll get, we'll get to that. Um, how how are you? Like, well, we've sort of Nate has seen bonus lizards. James, how are you? Uh, I'm I'm all right. Um, I've been exhausted for like three days because, oh, no. like you, Alice, I am also trying to do a fitness. Um, I'm Ugh, gonna, yeah. I'm going swimming again for the first time in like eight months. Um, and I like it more than running or doing gym stuff because it's easier on my joints and it doesn't make me sweat. But mm. I'm I'm having a I'm having a logistical issue with which lane to swim in because there's kind of like it's a oh. it's a bit it's a big pool. It used to be it used to be like the one that used to be for the uh, London Olympics. Um, there's something like twelve lanes or something, and it, and you know it starts with the slow, the slowest for the the worst swimmers at the very far left all the way going to the fastest swimmers on the far right. I Oh like a motorway. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, I wanted like one of those massive um you know Burmese motorways. Um and I I you know I I, I don't want to big myself too much. I I just go in the in the small one. In the, not the small one, the slow one. Um okay. like the slowest of the slow. Uh, I'm I, I'm not a fast swimmer. Um, but there's a, the, the issue of that is a lot of people think the same way, so you end up with like traffic. Like you oh actually, no! Like you, like you actually like you get stuck behind people um, who are you know doing a a fifth of an eighth of a knot, 
Um, but you, well, it's, it's nature's M25. <laughs> but the thing is, but the thing is, I can't. I don't feel I can go in like the next fastest one. Are you? Do you like, know? Do you not? The second? No, because do you move up like one. No, because that one, that one is just full of blooming Michael Phelps motherfuckers <laughs> doing these, <laughs> doing extremely fast front strokes, and it's like, why are you not in at least the medium speed lanes? So there's yeah I I I'm uh, swimming homeless in terms of which oh, no. which, which lane do, to go in. I think you should fashion yourself like a large warning crest, such as a base yeah. might, you know, with like yellow and black stripes or something like a fin that you can affix to yourself. Okay. To intimidate the oh. larger or faster swimmers. <laughs> Using the the. the the law of beasts would suggest you'd, you'd get all the space you need. Or you could be like, like on Fury Road, you could strap some rotating blades to your elbows and then if anyone gets too close, you can <laughs> s- score a big I th- <laughs> wound I, down their side. I, I think the lifeguard would whistle me for that. <laughs> Mad Max has been uh, at the core of my fitness aspirations, actually. Do you remember um, Beyond Thunderdome, Master Blaster? Um who was, of yeah. course, a composite of two men, one very large and one very small. Master um, and Blaster, yeah. Yeah, and, and Blaster was absolutely jacked uh, because he's always carrying someone around. Uh, I've replicated this with my five-year-old daughter who gets larger every day. <laughs> um, and we go for long walks <laughs> together where she pretends I'm an elephant and directs me to go wherever her whims fancy, so we just wander around. <laughs> but I'm carrying around a massive weight the whole time. Uh, by my calculations, in four years' time, I'll be infinitely strong. <laughs> How much can you bench? Yeah, a five-year-old. <laughs> a child. A child. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I'm running still. I do, I'm on week five of my couch to 5K. Uh, this week will be the first week that I'll have to do a jog without intervals of walking, and I'm not ready for it. I'm not. It's going to go terribly. I'm already I just kind of... Because I start in the morning and I go past, you know, these lads whose job is just standing outside a pub. Um, and, I'm, you know, I'm doing my warm-up and I'm looking great. And then I come back the other way going... <laughs> like... All red-faced and dying. Why do you past tie the same old men who are still there? Have long strings of chipolatas tied to your legs and run through an area full of stray hounds, and it'll be like so zombies run, dogs, but yeah. more real and visceral. <laughs> dogs run. I got lapped by a guy the other day. It was excruciating. I run along the front it was just this tall fucker with like you know doing proper running and one of the you know when someone runs so much they look like they're made of twiglets oh yeah and he lapped me he did a full loop around the back of the train station and it was awful lapped by Mr. Knickknack arms (laughs) yeah anyway can't recommend it it's awful but you know hide a a chipolata in his back pocket (laughs) yeah he'll get chased by all the Pomeranians that belong to the camper vans that park up there. That'd be good. I might do that, yeah. A lot of chip, chip a lot of heavy plans, lads. <laughs> Look, if cartoons taught us anything, it's the sausages and dogs. <laughs> yeah. Can solve all problems. Uh, but uh, let's move on, because I tell you who's got a problem that isn't going to be easily so solved. Segway your way out of this one, Belle. <laughs> It's, it's James Marriott, and he doesn't even know he's got a problem. But <laughs> yeah. he will in a minute. So, this week has been a a twenty tens ass week for takes <laughs> on video games. So it's <laughs> Uh, uh, the, the first of these is that Nate texts me out of nowhere one morning just saying I hear James Marriott has been talking shit about Age of Empires 2 overgrown uh, boy that he is so James Marriott is a columnist for the Times and um, I don't know why but one morning he woke up and chose to have a go at video games can I read you what he said specifically yeah because most of it was generic, just brainless rage bait. But, yeah. 
you know, and I, I wouldn't have given it the time of day, but what roused my kraken was this. I recall overhearing my mother doubtfully wondering whether Age of Empires 2 might be teaching me logic or organisation. It absolutely wasn't. It was teaching me to massacre the heavy cavalry of Byzantium, a skill that's had little or no relevance to my subsequent professional life. We've had a shit life then, haven't you, mate? <laughs> also, I don't believe that's true because someone pointed out, like, this guy is absolutely the sort of fucker you'd find down the pub talking about the Byzantium army. And, like, the, but, you know, it the, didn't stick. He didn't know they were called cataphracts, did he? You know? Well. I was busy studying the blades. Um, he <laughs> says, eventually, in my early to mid-teens, it began to dawn on me that this was a quite appalling waste of time. In what was probably my first adult act of willpower, I gave up computer games and took up novels instead. Um, well, there we are. A lot of my friends have similar stories, he said. I, it, it's very buddy, I don't even own a television, isn't it? It's, uh, <laughs> and it always reminds me when someone says stuff like this. There's a really old Dairo Brain bit where he says, like, uh, if you're at a dinner party as an adult, uh, and you say that you still play video games, the reaction is a bit like if you'd said, oh, I still watch porn. Because yeah. uh, people, uh, people go, really? I w- wouldn't be... I, I did that a lot when I was a teenager, but not so much anymore. And then you go, oh, you should check back in with it. It's amazing, the advances. That <laughs> I got massively burned when we had um, a Ukrainian lady living with us last year. And I, at the time, I was having regular... Age of Empires 2 competitive matches, my friend um, Ruin Alistair. So I'd, I'd, after dinner, I'd be like, well, excuse me, I have a game scheduled now. And she'd say, oh, like teenagers, that's delightful. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely wrecked. So she, yeah, she, uh, yeah, she marioted me pretty hard. Um, but yeah. I tell you what, in, you know, in all the time... That, uh, that James hasn't been studying the blade. Uh, like I say, I, I have, and I'd like to fight him, actually, in the Colosseum in Rome, in one of those MMAs. Yeah. Yeah, that's I right. I mean, the, it's, it's, it's freed up because Musk and... Uh, uh, Zuck. Zuckerberg. Musk and Zuck have cancelled their MMA fight, so why not? Let's use the octagon in the Coliseum. To- <laughs> well, yeah, because they'll have all of like the sandwiches and scotch eggs and stuff bought in already, no doubt. Yeah. Um, but the, the venue will be going free. And uh, I, 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 I mean, I wouldn't be so indelicate as to, you know, get into fisticuffs myself, but I know a certain Roman ghost... <laughs> who would absolutely kick the shit out of this chump. So, yeah, you know, if you're up for it, Marriott, uh, next Saturday in the Colosseum, in the Eternal City of Rome, ghosts will fight you. <laughs> I feel like the sheet would be a tactical disadvantage. <laughs> oh, no, because, you know, ghosts, he'd be like throwing sand in the eyes and unleashing panthers oh, right, yeah. that no one knew were there. Well, there you go. Yeah, I don't know what kind of possessed James to suddenly have a a crack at video games again for no reason, but here we are. It's just really here odd that he chose it. to specifically pick on a game, which is probably the reason about 13% of our generation are at all interested in history. <laughs> it's It's an odd one, isn't it? Like if he'd said Call of Duty or something... You know, I spent my teens yelling slurs at, at you know, other teenage boys that you could sort of understand it. But yeah, Age of Empires is such a, a gentlemanly one to have a go at. This is it. It really, yeah, really um, sizzled my bacon. Yeah. Well, there you go. Challenge that would aid his professional life. <laughs> the, the foremost concern <laughs> of any 14-year-old. Imagine having hobbies. Imagine enjoying things. Climbing trees. That's not going to help you hit your KPIs. (laughs) Building sandcastles. Absolute waste of time. I'm sorry, gentlemen. I can't engage in a water pistol duel. It will damage my career prospects. Opportunity cost, I'm afraid. You can't put good at conkers on your CV. (laughs) Uh, You bloody could. I'd love it if someone did that. Anyway, uh, 
We are Speaking hiring. of, <laughs> we are hiring, in fact, yeah. And <laughs> but, but I'm very good at conkers on your CV. Tell them Alice sent you. <laughs> you can beat me at Age of Empires 2. You got the job. <laughs> you, get, you get to be the new review editor. Yeah. That's not a binding, that's not a binding <laughs> offer. <laughs> get Alan from legal. <laughs> Anyway, very first anyway. message once this episode comes out. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, and uh, yeah, to further kind of uh, emphasise that we are in a new loop, that we're, the time is repeating once again. Uh, we've had, I'm not going to say controversy, but there's been discourse about the state of game development. Um, so this all started, well, I say this all started. So uh, before Baldur's Gate 3 came out, a developer called Zlavia Nelson Jr., who has written for RPS, I should say. He's not written for us for a while. He's got his own dev studio. He's, um, he's at Strange Scaffold making all kinds of games. But yeah, has contributed to RPS in the past. But did a, th- a tweet thread. I'm going to send this one of the tweets to you, James, to, to read. It's the, the TLDR. But basically he was talking about Baldur's Gate 3 and sort of preempting. Uh, maybe a conversation that he saw lumbering over the hill. In an era of mega games, Baldur's Gate 3 is one of the largest attempted, built by a specialised group of people using mature tech specially built to make this specific game emphasis, reinforced by invaluable mass player feedback and, all caps, market validation ahead of its launch. Yeah, so there's a a lot more to the thread, but essentially, Zalavia was saying that circumstances that have led to Baldur's Gate 3 being a very good game are such that not every game studio can or will recreate them. Um, And some developers chimed in and agreed and disagreed. And then uh, this past week, an IGN uh, videographer slash journalist called Destin Ligari... Douglas Games, sorry. Douglas, called Douglas Games, yeah. Um... Did a video that I uh, it's not really good form to like have a massive go or like side out someone else, but uh, did a video basically saying like, well, why shouldn't consumers raise the bar and hold games to this standard? Uh, I think it was called like Baldur's Gate Three has developers panicking, um, and it. Again, as I said, feels kind of like a tw- a 2010s ass video. It's quite angry video game nerd in tone in in some places, and I it feels like it's rehashing a debate that has has long been had uh, about why games can't come out as polished. Uh, I would say games in general, but big budget, you know, the shiniest games, the most expensive games. Why can't they, you know, work when they come out? We're paying for them. Why do we have all these microtransactions and stuff? And I think it's almost like they were having two different discussions. It uh, certainly feels that way, yeah. Yeah. Uh, what What do you lads think? Uh, firstly, about uh, the idea that we shouldn't kind of expect all games to do the Baldur's Gate thing. I, I find it unusual and a little bit arbitrary that you know, there have been very many very good games out over the years, but and now admittedly, I haven't played Baldur's Gate 3. It does seem to be extremely good, but it just strikes me as a little bit odd that suddenly it's prompted the discussion, why can't all games be this good? It just seems a, that just seems a really odd discussion to have mm. because it's a good game. Um, you know, I, I don't, as you say, this is a discussion that's been had before, but we don't have it Every time an extremely critically acclaimed game comes out, so why now? Yeah, it's a good question. I don't know really, um, I've, and I think it's an odd one to have about Baldur's Gate too, because part of what Zalavia was saying is that it's had a, quite an atypical. It you know it was sold for three years mm. in early access before it was you know finished, which basically no game is of that scope and size you know um james do you have any any thoughts uh i i i don't i don't want to like drag the video specifically um mm. but i do i 
I very much liked and agreed with a piece Brandon Sheffield wrote. Um, Brandon Sheffield being, I think, a former games journalist, currently a director at Necrosoft Games. Um, he, 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 wrote a, he wrote a blog post um, titled Yelling is Not Journalism, uh, which is a mm. very succinct um, summary, I think, of the issues with the video. Um, and it kind of boils down to the issue is clearly that most game companies aren't given as much time, money, and creative freedom as Larian was in this mm. case. Um, and that the video simply asks questions rather than providing this answer or indeed providing any, any answer, as is the responsibility of the press. Mm. Um, I, also, yeah. I, also, I also liked, um, <laughs> just, just a, apparently my own opinion is just copying other opinions, but um, I like a take by national securities, national, sorry, national insecurities designer Gary J. Kings, uh, who said that the industry conditions that allowed a Baldur's Gate 3 no longer exist. Because that's, I, that really resonated with me, because I think that's arguably mm. true of a lot of industries and a lot of jobs, frankly, including, like, ours. Uh, yes. In the game <laughs> yeah. Everything has to be done faster on lower budgets, and yet somehow of never-endingly increasing quality. Yeah. Um, and that does lead mm. that that does lead to compromises. It is not excuse making, um, to use you know the video's term. It is an inevitability imposed by very fundamental laws of time and physics. And part of what bothers, part of what bothers me about the IGN video is that. Surely, surely, as a big games website, IGN is subject to similar time pressures and business pressures mm. and all the rest of it. Um, and its staff are still doing pieces to camera about why can't every game be perfectly polished and gigantic in scope? So it, well, it, I can, he, it annoys me a bit that that parallel was not made, and I guess empathy was not deployed. I mean, one could argue that like the the video's existence is proof of that because i think you know he's doing a follow-up video now to address some of the concerns that have been raised in fairness to dustin um but like get it's very it's important you know to get as many takes out about you know Baldur's gate 3 anything you post about Baldur's gate 3 at the moment will get read or viewed and mm. so you just have to kind of fire stuff out yeah. um, actually I, I suppose that answers my question from a minute ago <clears throat> you know why now just because that game has got so much traction mm. and discussion. I suppose it can become a thing to to peg all sorts of old dirty laundry on because everyone is automatically clicking yeah. on anything with Baldur's Gate in it. So um. I think for for me, it's something that's been missing from the conversation, at least as far you know as the pieces we've talked about today, is that. It, the reason, you know, AAA companies and, you know, games like Jedi Survivor and, um, uh, not Baldur's Gate, the, uh, Diablo, that's the one, the other dungeon one, Diablo 4 and things have these, you know, monetizing practices and, are, you know, big but empty and, you know, aren't, aren't as intentional and aren't as polished and stuff is because they can be because... They come out and they get loads of praise and they get loads of scores and high scores. And I know it was different people at IGN, but he specifically calls out uh, Jedi Survivor and Diablo 4, both of which got nines at IGN. So, it, you know, and I'm not saying that those reviewers gave it a wrong score and I'm not saying that you can't still have the conversation about monetization and things but I am saying that if you are going to have it you have to take that into account as well and say like well you know if we as the the consumers and the press and whoever want to try and change the conditions and change the the shape of games that come out then we have to say that. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, it doesn't feel just... like these discussions are really doing anything, you know, realistic to, mm. to, to actually push industry practice in any one direction. You know, it, it, well, it is the same emptiness as get good, isn't it? Like, mm. <laughs> just simply do better at your, you just perform better at your art. Like, that, that's no like... kind of a directive. Like, you know, I'm not saying this is the correct answer, but like if you as an outlet, you know, hate monetization and those kind of predatory practices, then fucking ding a game that has one and say, all right, well, you know, 
that six out of ten for you kind of thing, you know. Or, or <laughs> and you I, know, conversely, if you're if you're willing to say you know nine out of ten, but it's annoying that it has microtransactions, maybe just compromise and accept a position where microtransactions are a, a, a sin you're willing to put up with. You know, when it next next to playing very fun games, you know, it, maybe it doesn't actually matter to you that much. It's you know, it's your decision. Yeah, it's so I I think that for me was missing from from the discussion as well is that it's especially with like a big company with IGN it may be a case of like the left hand doesn't know what the right hand is doing and obviously it's different people reviewing it and stuff like I said but that is still has to be part of the discussion Mm. if you're saying we need these games to raise the bar or whatever but you've given it a nine where the fuck you wanted to raise the the bar to like yeah because you've given it a nine then you know EA and Ubisoft and whoever will just be like, brilliant, same again next time then, lads, see you again in three years, you know. I mean, this does crack open all sorts of vintage casks of discourse, like, you know, what's the point of review scores? Well, we at RPS don't have review scores Oh, quite. (laughs) But that's why, you know... I don't know, maybe it'd be more useful if we did, but I hate having reviews got... I was a hater anyway, because I was the one that said, I don't know, I don't know about the Star Wars lads. Um, but uh, yeah, so that's that's my hot take on it, I guess. That's the hot take express that I'm writing at the moment. I'm just happy to have the Empires too. Uh, what happens if you lose the fight with James Marriott? I have to delete the game permanently. <laughs> <laughs> you have to read books, a thing that you cannot do yeah. as well as enjoy Age of Empires 2. That's it. I, I, yeah, I will be forced to penitently read one, in inverted commas, Roman numeral one book. <laughs> Whenever I- Whenever and books come up a lot in my daily life, but whenever I think of books, I always think of Finchie going, I read a book a week, so <laughs> <laughs> You must be alive. Uh you have to beat James Marriott and then you have to throw a shoe over the wall of the Coliseum. <laughs> oh my god, that's one of my favourite <laughs> Yes. <laughs> that's the real quiz. <laughs> Oh, God, do you think any American listeners understood any of the last <laughs> three minutes? If you're still with us, thanks, folks. Uh, anyway, in any case, Baldur's Gate 3 is doing very well. It is currently the highest rated game of all time, according to aggregate websites, uh, Metacritic. Although it's sometimes, it depends, it's sort of flip-flopping places with um, Disco Elysium sometimes, but I'm quite happy because I just, <laughs> just irrationally, I don't want Disco Elysium to be the best rated game of all time. <laughs> <laughs> just just for my own self. <laughs> it's a very good game, but just... Uh, don't let him have that. Just my psyche can't take it. Anyway, uh Let's let's move on then uh, to talk a little bit about the video games that we have been playing this week. Nate, are you in fact playing Age of Empires 2? Uh, not as we speak, but I was. I have been actually. I've gotten back into a little bit of a thing with it. Um, there are these really tiny maps you can play now, comically small. Uh, I got into watching some pros play them on on YouTube and then sort of got sucked in myself. So that's been interesting. If I'm honest, actually, that's probably the the most I've played it in a week this year because it's been a quiet one for me, largely. Um, so that's that's been nice. Yeah, just getting cross at Marriott did uh, to get me to you know get me some more energy to pick up the game. <laughs> uh, what else have I been playing? A bit of uh, diplomacy is not an option. I think I may have mentioned that a couple of you years have, ago. Yeah, it's um. Yeah. A sort of um, a, a military city building slash tower defense, uh, not unlike the old sort of stronghold template, but more. I think Foxley is the word. Foxley, um, you know, cute, um, but not cutesy. Uh, it's been steadily sort of. It's still in early access. It's being added to a little more slowly than I'd like. It's still not got a proper campaign mode. Um, yeah, if I'm honest, I'm, I'm kind of in that space again where I'm, yeah, cause I'm done with Dave the Diver now. That was, that was great. Um, but not 
really mm-hmm. something I'd be interested in replay, replaying and waiting for something to hook me, really. Well, much like Dave the Diver hooks fish, does he hook fish or does he spear them? He does spear them. Uh, there are non-lethal options as well, um, but, you know, don't get too excited about that because he's still at the end of the day catching things for a sushi restaurant. They're just fresher if you take them alive. And then adding them to his inbred shark slurry. <laughs> this is it. Uh, beautiful. James, what have you been playing this week? Uh, I've been tempted back to Apex Legends um, by a new season. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, they, they, they've done things a bit differently this time because they instead of adding a, instead of adding a new like playable hero character, they've reworked an old one. Um, so it's, it's, it's Re- his name's Revenant, who he's a very grumpy, oh, yes, right, ro- uh, robot skeleton man. I love Revenant, uh, he's basically a Necron, <laughs> he is, he is. Um, and yeah, they, they, they've they basically like changed all his abilities, um, and given him like some general buffs. Um, and b- what he was all about before was kind of like silencing enemies so they can't use their own abilities and then rushing in um just like on foot uh, yes this now he's more of a kind of uh i guess like opportunistic skirmisher character because he they've given him a, basically a big jump like <laughs> so okay I, i'm actually like i imagine it like a big frog sleep like you charge it up and then yeah you you jump in the kind of like an arc is it actually uh, not unlike Winston's jetpack in Overwatch? Oh, it's been a while since I played Overwatch, but yeah, I think it's like that. Oh yeah, because um, doing a massive jump into the middle of a fight is pretty much the thing I enjoy doing most in in like team shooters. Yes, yeah, so, yeah, he's got that. Um, his ultimate is now like he instead instead of you get shot for a bit and then come back to life, you get armor um, around Ooh. your like chest hitbox. Um, so I've, it's meant to be a kind of. It almost seems like it's designed for solo play because you've got this kind of like mm, flexible mobility tool plus a bit of survivability to make up for the fact that all your teammates are gone or dead. That's funny. Actually, um, I was going to ask which, you if it was good for solo play, and it really does sound. Well, it. I, well, <laughs> I, 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 pretty much, I, I only play solo these days um, for aforementioned stress reasons. Um, but yeah, I I don't know though. I I tried him and it, it just doesn't it doesn't seem that compelling to me. Like the jump is kind of cuz cuz you have to charge it up mm. and it's still it's not like super long range. It just feels a bit like a worse version of like the Pathfinder grapple. Yeah, what you want um, is some spring heel jack looking fucker. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I like. I don't know. I may. I mainly use it. I mainly use it as an escape rather than an initiating ability. Which, like, I guess if you're in a firefight, like, you don't need massive range, and you can be a bit more um, particular with when you use it. I, 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 it ties in with his new passive as well, which like highlights low low health enemies, like through walls. Ambush predator is like a niche that I find weirdly underexploited in. Yeah, in, in, in team games like this, because it the power fantasy is really good to pull off, sort of waiting for weak people and then then basting them. But yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's it's really hard to make work in a character archetype. Hmm. Um. But yeah, I, I, I. So yeah, I guess the idea is you 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 scope out someone who's on low health, and then you do your you put your armor on, and then you jump in and kill them, and then get out. Um. Which yeah, like sounds perfect for solo play because that's kind of you, you can't you can't take one v three fights. You have to pick people off and wait wait for like moments of weaknesses. But it's still oh, I, I was just eating shit with him. I was just doing absolutely terribly. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It's a, it's a weird one. I think I think Ed Ed did a did, did a news post where it was kind of like this makes him sound really overpowered. He doesn't like. He doesn't feel super overpowered. I, I, I feel I can get more done playing as like, a, yeah, a Pathfinder or an Ash or a Horizon. There's something kind of yeah. sad, isn't there, about getting really excited about the potential for how something will play, only to find it doesn't really do it. I had yeah. Um, yeah, Path of Titans, the dinosaur game I've been sort of in a love oh, yeah. affair with all summer. I've been, do- I've been doing a bit of that too. That's just relaxing. 
but there's a megalania in that, which is a giant extinct monitor lizard, um, like a giant, giant Komodo dragon. And like a Komodo dragon, it's got venomous bites. So the idea is you sort of bite a dino on the ankle, scurry off into some rancid bush and wait for it to perish. But like, it, it's like a sort of, you know, a wow debuff, basically. So you put this poison debuff on something and then immediately get turned into ship and paste by like giant angry dinosaurs because you poisoned their friend, at which point you perish. They like, you know, get healed and it's fine. See, it's just this shit lizard forever starting beef that's got no hope of winning. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, Maybe you could play as like a big team of them, you know, the poison bros. Yeah, that would be, yeah, if you just make a big scurrying mass of lizards. And believe mm. me, that's the dream. It's like my holiday in Dorset. <laughs> that, that, was a, that was a research trip. Yeah. <laughs> I was just getting into that mindset. Uh, like a, what are you playing, Alice? Like a, a, I was just imagining Nate like a, like a, a hard-bitten cop trying to get into the mindset of a serial killer like the only way to catch the dinosaur is to become the dinosaur <laughs> having super glued thousands of mosaic tiles to myself lying flat on a hot beach looking murderous occasionally flicking your tongue out as a, as I think I've got it he was trying to absorb heat <laughs> Uh, I've been playing um, ham. I, I nearly said hammering, but that's a different game. Um, I've been playing Hammer Watch Two, which oh, I, I believe is out. Watch. Yeah, well, I'm playing Hammer Watch Two, which is the sequel. I would, oh. I would assume. I didn't play the first one. Um, is this Hammer not like top down bug smashing men? Uh, basically, yeah. So this uh, came out, I believe. Uh, Tuesday as you're listening to this which is the day we record it's out now and yeah you are it's isometric you can choose uh what little kind of archetype of person you can play so I'm a ranger to go along with my Baldur's Gate 3 ranger um you get t- uh two attacks so you uh, get a melee and uh your arrow and you can charge up to sort of snipe your arrow and go longer your attacks all use stamina it's uh, pixel art and you're running around the world. I like that it starts so you can make more and I believe download more but I'm not really sure uh, starting scenarios but the first one is that you start having just killed a big red dragon and it's quite nice because you walk around the castle that you escape from and you can see like the castle's all collapsed in and there's like a dragon, a red dragon scaly tail sort of poking out of it and stuff. It's sort of like the start of The Wizard of Oz. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's really cute. And then you go around and you're trying to. It's like, oh, we need to get back to the hideout because this is on an island. So you go to the docks, and the guys are, oh, pirates are kidnapped the captains. So you have to go to the pirate hideout, and um, you level up. You you die if you die. You can use a bit of gold to regenerate and sort of start again. But uh, you get a potion with some refills. I'm sort of struggling to work the potion out, to be honest, but. It's really fun. It's like a little bit like, do you know, because I, I, I end up comparing it to Baldur's Gate 3. You get all these quests and stuff. And it's a little bit like, you know, when you get a browser tie-in game to yeah. advertise a bigger thing. It's a little bit like a tie-in advert for Baldur's Gate 3 almost. But that, that does feel a bit mean because it's very fun. Yeah. Um, it's a fun, cute little thing. I've is been is it quite it sort of, like, I'm really... In- what I'm, I think I'm longing for at the moment is something that's like, uh, not necessarily like roguelite, but, you know, replayable to the extreme and varied um, between um, playthroughs. Is it that sort of thing? No, it's not so varied between playthroughs. I think the experience would change a lot if you weren't, if you're playing as a different type, but it's more, it's like a less complex, it's easier on the brain. You just go around, you click and, you know, run backwards and then the wolf falls over and it's very like, cleanly put together it's it's sort of like go here kill pirates it's not like go here persuade pirates to leave and then seduce the pirate leader and then you know it's just very you know you're a hero and you kill stuff and that's how you solve problems so it's um, quite refreshing i'll have a look it's 
it's very sweet. I, it, I, and I love the presentation of it. I think it looks very nice. It's just very nice and restful and streamlined compared to the absolute hammering that Baldur's Gate 3 has given me <laughs> over the past few weeks. So um, I've been enjoying that a lot, actually. Um, but there are some things about it. It's a little bit fiddly. And yeah, I don't think the potion system is working that well Um for me, definitely. Anyway, um, but yeah, been enjoying Hammer Watch too. I'm also playing some secret things I can't tell you about, but uh, CIA games for bad CIA games. Consistent readers of my work, uh, maybe I'll to pick up on the fact because I said in the what we're we playing this weekend thing, I said a, a new bombshell has entered the Love Island villa, which is a deep cut reference to something I wrote about <laughs> a little while ago. So oh. It's very exciting. Um, yeah. Uh, now, James, let's yes. move on to A Good Day to Wear Hard, because you've got some stuff to talk about. Yeah. So, as part of the ongoing AMD Starfield love-in, uh, AMD and Bethesda at QuakeCon revealed a limited edition Starfield-themed Radeon RX 7900 XTX graphics card and a limited edition Starfield-themed Ryzen 7 7800X3D CPU. These are so limited edition that you cannot buy them and they were only available as part of a one-off QuakeCon giveaway. So, first That's very limited. Hmm. First thing, of all the... Com- all the components in a PC to brand, a CPU is probably the worst one. It is completely. I was gonna say, it is how do you make covered up? <laughs> Nobody will see it. The potential. It's like for a instance- tattoo on your pancreas. <laughs> how is it Starfield themed? I don't know. Like, it, I, I, I can only see. It's only. I can only see it in the box, like poking out of a little window in the Starfield themed box. I, I can't tell if the. Like the CPU itself has any Starfield branding funkiness on it, but yeah, even if I it spent did, a little while studying be... the images, and I think it just extends to like vaguely following the aesthetic of the hardware in the game. Well, the graphics card does. Um, mm. Which, well, this is the second thing. I actually think the graphics card looks quite nice. I, Aesthetically, I, yeah, definitely. yeah. Like I like I like the I like I like the like off-white chunkiness mm-hmm. um, of this, and I and to an extent of the industrial design in the Starfield. Um, that's quite that's quite nice. I would not mind having that on my PC. But yeah, I don't know. I I don't I don't know what the point of a branded CPU is. <laughs> uh, when you are building a PC, James, yes. to what extent do you think about making it look nice? Uh, in terms of the components you buy, like my like my own PC personally, mm. um, very little. Um, <laughs> I don't know if uh, you you can get you can get some like very stark looking stuff, which might not might not blend, but like it, it might look a bit strange if I had say a white motherboard when all the other stuff is basically mm. basically black and grey. Um, yeah, ultimately, like it's mostly all monochrome. And optional RGB, so I don't think it's too. I don't think it's possible to build too ugly a PC if you're even concerned about aesthetics at all, which many people aren't. Um, but yeah, you can get you can get some very funky promotional PC components. Um, <laughs> even, even he sent us another one that I was it, really impressed by, James. Yeah, so Zotac um, makers of graphics cards did a. Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, um, I, think, <laughs> I think, series of graphics cards, and these are these are properly colourful. They've got you know key art on the back on the back. So you, you yeah. like you like these you like these, mate? I, Much, yeah. I mean, I would never in a million years get one because it's it, you know it's like having a fucking <laughs> Deadwood themed network adapter. Like, I mean, I, I love that in theory, but having like Al Swearingen's growling face somewhere inside my PC is not going to inspire me on a daily basis. So I like it for what it is. I think it's fucking useless. <laughs> <laughs> what? Well, my my favorite thing about this is that it says. 
Spider-Man across the spider across the Spider-Verse exclusively in cinemas. Like, <laughs> I know, I know. That's going to be well. super helpful in case you're wondering if it's on Netflix. You can just check your graphics card backplate. <laughs> oh no, it's exclusively in cinemas. <sighs> but also, like, presumably you'll use this for a while. So, like, at a certain point, that's going to be incorrect. Yeah, that's also and true. And it will turn was, up on Disney Plus unless you feel like you have to swap it out. You'll just have to get a. I mean, yeah. they're making a they're making a part two, so you'll just have to get the Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse part two graphics card. Yeah, exactly. Now that's what uh, I call built-in uh, obsolescence. That's that's how yeah, they, well, that's how they get you. Spider-Man <laughs> across the Spider-Verse has gone up on Disney Plus. I've got to get a new bloody graphics card. <laughs> oh no, I've already spent my all my money on a new massive Mandalorian tattoo for my liver. <laughs> <laughs> no one will ever see it. It's really cool. Yeah, it does. Oh dear. I, I, I feel like I might. If if I if I did own these, I can I can see myself like tipexing out. <laughs> I'd first research whether it's safe to put tipex on the back plate of a eighty degree graphics card. Mm. What at what point yeah. does tipex immolate? Uh, I don't know. Come might, to, to James probably, probably over. <laughs> it might it like, might give, it might give off fumes. <laughs> <laughs> so just imagine the invis- you the Tipex bottle like, manically freehanding over Spider-Man's face with Batman muttering what now Sony what now <laughs> <laughs> what a silly product I really like it oh dear um, <laughs> uh, well if we were to beans metaphor this one what are we saying Oh lord! I guess it'd be a fancy company producing these beautiful beans, which have like wonderful, like you know, paisley cowboy patterns painted on by hand. But they're all in a loaded like gruesome tomato sauce and grease and pig fat and stuff, so it doesn't matter. (laughs) Yeah. Do you agree, James? Is that yes? Yeah, yeah, that's that's a very good one. I mean, it all ends up in. Always up in the gut, anyway. <laughs> like, unless, unless, unless some cowboys have like acrylic windows in their stomachs. Like <laughs> 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 well, cows in veterinary schools. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Oh, okay. Uh, right, let's quickly scuttle all shit the Tower of Jocularity for some for some fun games, Nate. Yes, come on up. What's happening this week? Welcome to the Ivory Tower of Learning. Oh dear. I'm Professor Jowls Bunchfist, Head of oh Destroying dear. Stuff Studies here at St Beefsteaks University for Extraordinarily Belligerent Boys. Oh dear. I've got a, a selection of extremely cowardly young men who've come to my office for careers advice. Uh, but I'm going to tell you what they're interested in as a career, and I, I need you to go into my video games library mm-hmm. and find a title that, w- that will give them that on their CV, okay? Okay. We've got a timid little fellow here. Um, he's, he really likes Pacific Rim, but I want to fool him into enjoying chess. Have you, have you got a game that involves big, big robots, but it's basically oh. chess? Oh, oh. Oh, James, what's the one that... Oh, oh Alec Mir really liked it. Um, and then um, the bugs come up out of the ground and you it'll, move the... It'll teach him something about Shakespeare as well, just in the title. <sighs> Into the Breach. That's right, yes, excellent, good. Take that away and play it for nine weeks, because strong's not... Okay, next, this, this boy is uh, v- very into medieval history, but p- particularly um, well, p- particularly political assassinations and incest. It's a bit awkward. Have you got any games um, with a heavy focus on that? Maybe some giants as well? Oh, that would uh, be... Giants and uh, Crusader Kings. Crusader <laughs> Kings 3, that's the one, yes. <laughs> Give him a copy there are of that. If you, if you make them, James. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Now, man, this, this lad, uh, he likes rhyming, 
Uh, he's interested in sword fights and would like to work in a barber shop. Um, any uh, uh, any games that might fulfil those needs? Oh, oh, um, uh, uh, the Curse of Monkey Island. Three, yes, with the barber shop specific. <laughs> Very good. Uh, this this boy has an interest in Cold War real politic. Um, and wants to further that in a way he stresses is not at all historically accurate. Uh, he's also very interested in, in making short and very dramatic films uh, involving beloved national treasures going to space. Oh, shit. Uh, um, the, what's the one, James, where he... Is it Command and Conquer? It's the one where Tim Curry says, Space! Is that... Red, red, red alert. It's red alert two. Yes. Red alert two. Yeah. Okay. Now this this boy's really interested in uh, the mammalian prehistoric fauna of Europe, specifically how to bludgeon, uh, beat, and strangle and burn them to death um, in first person. Any hey. any g- game of such applied paleontology you could recommend? Uh. Oh God, I don't know. It's a tr- tricky one. This is Far Cry Primal. Oh, uh, uh, I always remember that because they got a stonemason to make a PlayStation out of rock. Seriously? Yeah, that was one of the PR things. They got someone to make like an Xbox and a PlayStation with controllers carved out of rock. Now that's what I, that's what I call a hardware uh, gimmick. That's, that's fun. Um, go, yeah. Finally, we've got this little shit here. What's his name? Uh, Marriott wants to work for the Times. Anyway, no, <laughs> fuck all about Byzantine heavy cavalry. Because it's just it's suggest a game that might teach him a thing or two. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. What do you reckon? Well, <laughs> I think Age of Empires 2, but make it quick because we might have to delete our own, we might have to delete, delete our only copy if Nate loses this fight next week. <laughs> Get practicing, you cowardly boy. Right, and the rest of you out of my school. I'm going to have a massive Call of Duty sesh. <laughs> Goodbye. Thank you very much, Nate, for that extremely petty time of <laughs> 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 That brings us uh, to the end of the podcast. Thank you so much for listening. And the only thing left is to do some recommendations because every week we recommend something that is not a video game. James, have you got another alcoholic beverage to recommend this week? Not this time. Um, ah. I, re- I realised you don't like you don't like gin, and Nate doesn't mm-hmm. like cider. So I have yeah. literally no one to talk to about my drinking habits because those, those, those are my two favourite drinks. Um, <laughs> Anyway, it's a little gaming adjacent, but I've been using a new keyboard for the past week, and it is brilliant. It is the Rockat Vulcan 2 Mini Air, and it is a 65%, so very small, uh, wireless mechanical gaming keyboard. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got Rockat's uh, time switches, which are really good. It's got little like half-height keycaps, um, which both I think looks kind of cool, and also just makes the keys feel really fast and light um despite being mm. mechanical which is nice uh and it's not too it's not too these are the linear switches so they're not too loud and clicky um and yeah it's just really nice light easy to kind of shunt around the desk which is good when you have two pcs on one desk uh little keyboard now you've, yeah. you you're a man of sizable hands right you're Correct. quite tall <laughs> so is this is because those small keyboards, I, I'm a man of a reasonable hand, but I, I always worry my fingers are going to bump into each other. Is there plenty of space on it? Yeah, I mean, I, I, to, to me, the keys feel like I haven't, got the, I haven't got a measuring tape out, but to me, the keys feel like full size, as they would be on you know, a full size nice. keyboard. Um, and yeah, they're, they're spaced really well. Um, I do kind of miss having dedicated function keys on a 65 cent keyboard the function keys and are kind of like combined with the number keys mm. uh which isn't great if you like pressing f2 as much as i do uh but yeah otherwise it's a really really nice like good tactile little little keyboard 
Splendid. Well, that sounds great. Um, I am going to recommend the Myrtle book, Volume 1. I've been writing little bits about Myrtle uh, over the last week or so. It is Wordle but Murder. So every every day it's a little logic grid puzzle and you have to solve who done it and where and when and sometimes why. Sometimes you have to get the motive as well. And the book, the first book, volume one, because you can pre-order volume two already, is a uh, hundred of these little puzzles in sections of escalating difficulty and it manages to have like a plot and also a lot of jokes in it. <laughs> sort of, oh. Sort of you know, woven between the, in the spaces between the grid puzzles. So like in the little intro to each puzzle. That's awesome. It'll, it'll have a little, you know, this, this moves on from there and you'll see like suspects turn up multiple times and their descriptions change according to what might have happened previously in the book. Um, there's also jokes. There's quite a lot of jokes about the publishing industry. There's one character who's a suspect a couple of times, uh, who is, uh, bookie award winner Gainsborough and his description is like he's won a bookie award which is the first thing he will tell you when he meets you the book is 6,000 pages long it is about dirt (laughs) 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 and then in one in one case one of the potential murder weapons is just Gainsborough's book about dirt (laughs) Um, it's really good uh I am not very good at Wordle because my brain isn't good at anagram things but i read the, this sort of logic boxy thing i can do my brain fits around and i just think it's really artfully done yeah, um really it's available at bookshops now uh, so that's my recommendation nate what are you recommending uh, i watched the animated film limona the other night and thought it was lovely it's, Ooh, um, i've been meaning to watch that it's really good um it's very very sharp very, very heartwarming. Um, and yeah, just one of yet another one of these sort of modern behemoth animated movies that manages to be perfectly good in its own right. And also very, very, very good for kids. Um, the movie is at its heart uh, about little girls falling out and making up again. And was thus very thematically um, resonant for Tally. But yeah, I had a cracking time because just, got a little girl who can turn into a rhinoceros or a gorilla or anything she likes <laughs> lovely fun that's very good i recommended teenage mutant ninja turtles meet for mayhem last week nate while you're away i think you'd really like it oh yeah what is it's it great it's it's a, a new animated teenage mutant ninja turtles movie uh, oh nice they are actual teens in it they're voiced by teenagers they are very cute it's very funny it has really the soundtrack is by trent reznor <laughs> And okay. your man that he does music with, uh, mixed with like 90s hip hop. Um, it's really good. That sounds great. Uh, what's it on? Cinema at the moment. But, uh, oh, it's in the films. It's in the films, yeah. Exclusively in cinemas. According to my Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles motherboard. <laughs> if you ever forget, just look at the motherboard. Open up your case. <laughs> Uh, uh, lovely. Um, thank you so much, lads, uh, for dipping a, a wary toe into the the swamp of discourse with me this week for this season two, episode twenty seven of the Electronic Wireless Show podcast. Uh, this is Rock Paper Shotgun's PC gaming podcast, and the only podcast you need, in my opinion. You can get more Rock Paper Shotgun by going to Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, or TikTok and searching for Rock Paper Shotgun. And you can also email us at podcast at rockpapershotgun.com with questions, suggestions, or feedback. You can also join in with some chats in the Discord. The link should be in the show notes. And uh, for all your PC gaming needs, just go to www.rockpapershotgun.com. But for now, it's goodbye from me, Alice Bell. It is goodbye from the lizard, the illegal lizard spotting, Nate Crowley. Best practice your fast castle, boy. (laughs) And it's goodbye from James Archer. Goodbye. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.